Welcome to another of the Cood Street's Advent Calendar editions, where Jonathan Strawn and I have picked out uh, 24 of the books which we're recommending at the end of the year when it's time for recommended book lists, and talking with the authors of those books. And one of the books I picked this year was the embroidered book, uh, which uh, uh, which surprised me with uh, with how much I was in, in, involved with it, because normally I don't pick up a 672-page historical fantasy with the expectation of finishing it, uh, and I just zipped right through it, as, as I think you know. So welcome to the podcast, Kate Hartfield. Well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to all of these uh, 24 episodes uh, at the end of the year. It's a lovely way to close out the year. I think it is. So uh, we'll start off by asking you uh, to describe the embroidered book, because it's better if you describe it than if I do. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few uh, practice sessions now with, with describing it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, as you say, it's a big historical fantasy, and it's about Marie Antoinette and her sister Charlotte, the Queen of Naples, uh, with a speculative twist. So it follows their story from when they're young teenagers and they're about to be sent off to marry these two men that they've never met. Uh, right up into the the French Revolution, and uh, for the most part, it, it follows known history. But there is a secret magical uh, underpinning to all of this, and a secret magical war going on, uh, which sort of mirrors some of the uh, Enlightenment debates and uh, the the political things that were happening in the American and French revolutions uh, at the time. Uh, so there's a lot going on, and uh, but it's hard. It's it's a story about two sisters. Uh, so I think that's the really emotional heart of the novel. I think that's what pulls people through the novel. I think the other thing which I find fascinating is the secret history aspect of it, uh, mm-hmm. in which you don't really alter any of the events of history. You just weave your magic underneath them. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and it's a, it's a, sorry, go ahead. It's, I was just going to say it's a sort of a Tim Powers way of, of doing secret history uh, in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah, and I certainly he certainly pioneered that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been around before John M. Ford's The Dragon Waiting is a good example of it. Uh, but the thing that's interesting, and you mentioned already, is how the political machinations of the various uh, magisters, I guess is what they call them, mm-hmm. uh, parallel the actual debates of time. And, and something I've not really given a lot of thought to, although I, I suppose I should have, is the effect that things like the American Revolution had on uh, European royalty. Yeah, it was such a... Uh, a huge factor going into the French Revolution, of course, and the fact that fr- France was so severely indebted because of the American Revolution, um, you know, was such a, a big factor. So, uh, so trying to keep it all to, you know, and of course, I had I had to throw Italy in there too because Charlotte is uh, is the other character, and and uh, there's a lot happening in Austria and a little bit of Britain. Uh, so yeah, I think all in all, keeping it to 670 some pages was uh, <laughs> was a feat. Yeah. Hey. My, the other thing I liked about it, though, is the so far, and I don't want to step on anything you're going to say later, it's only one volume. Yes. Uh, and you could have taken that material and made four or five volumes out of it easily, I think. Yeah, no, it's a standalone. No plans for any sequels uh, there. I, I I have ideas about things that are happening in that world off in the background, but I like the idea of kind of leaving them off in the background and readers can fill it in. Well, let's go on to the first of the questions we promised to ask all of our authors. What have you been reading lately? Uh, I just finished reading a book called The White Hair, um, which I have to give uh, full disclosure about because Jane Johnson, the writer of that book, also happens to wear a hat as an editor, and she's my editor at HarperCollins for my next book coming out from HarperCollins, which I'll talk about in a minute. 
Um, so, uh, so that's how I know her, but I had never read any of her books and, um, the book, the white hair is actually published by, I believe it's head of Zeus that published it. So it's a different publisher. Um, but I, and I didn't tell her I was going to read it cause you know, you never know <laughs> you're going to like what your editor has written. Um, but I, I just adored it. And, uh, it's, um, a really fascinating, very slow, atmospheric, tense novel set in 1950s Cornwall. And, uh, it's sort of gently speculative. It has, uh, um, folklore underpinning it that you're never quite certain whether these things are are real or or just being perceived mm-hmm. by the people there. Um, so yeah, and, and I really I think at this time of year I tend to like those things that are dark but slow moving and have a lot of psychological tension. I seem to gravitate towards those sorts of books at this kind of time of year. Um, so the white hair, uh, the white hair. Okay, and that's uh, it's already out. I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think I'm, I'm attracted to books in Cornwall this time of year, I guess, also. But that kind of – there's a long tradition of, uh, of, of, I guess, British kind of magical writing that goes back to Arthur Mackin and includes people like Graham Joyce, who was one of my favorite writers, and, and Liz Williams, who we'll be talking to in this series, I hope. Um, mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's a good time, a good book for this time of the year, which brings us to the next question. And this mm-hmm. is one you can answer one of two ways. Uh, okay. You can either say, is there a favorite holiday book or story you want to mention? And if you can't think of one, like I can't, <laughs> just think of a book or a story that you'd like to mention for people to read this time of year. Excellent. Well, um, yeah, so what I t- tend to do at this time of year is uh, I tend towards poetry for some reason. Um, and I don't read a lot of poetry the rest of the year, but there are some old favorites that I go back to uh, at Christmas time and uh, even though I've never been a Christian, so it's not a religious thing, but there's just something about um, the rhythm of poems like uh, Journey of the Magi by T.S. Eliot, or uh, the poem that people know as uh, In the Bleak Midwinter by Christina Rossetti. Um, and there's just, you know, and, and Dylan Thomas. And, um, you know, so there's something about those rhythms that are familiar and um and they, they change over time, too. So, you know, the way I read Journey of the Magi 20 years ago isn't the way that I read it today. Um, so, yeah, that, that tends to be my holiday reading. Okay, great to hear. Now, mm-hmm. the next thing, of course, is what do we expect um, from you next? Uh, so I have a lot of things coming out next year, and uh, most of them have not been announced, but um, they will be announced any day. And also they're on retail sites. So I figure at this point, uh, the curious can find them anyway. So it's it's not spoiling anything to, to tell you what I have coming out next year. Um, so and by this time this airs, uh, I think it will have been announced. Yeah. Um, so uh, the paperback edition of the embroidered book comes out with a new cover um, at the end of March. And on the same day, I have... Um, the aforementioned next book coming from HarperCollins, uh, the one that was edited by Jane Johnson. And uh, that one is a, a new novel and it's called The Valkyrie. Uh, and so as you can imagine, it's a it's a retelling of Norse mythology. Um, it's a, sort of a, a mashup of a lot of Germanic and, and Norse myths. And uh, I'm really proud of it and I love it. So can't wait to share that one. Um, and the other, and I have two other books coming out next year. Uh, one of them is um, a reprint of um, my first novel, Armed in Her Fashion, um, which has been out of print uh, for a couple of years because it was uh, published by a small press and uh, various things happened. It went out of print. And um, so Harper Voyagers bring that one out and it's retitled as The Chatelaine. It's got a new prologue. It's got some revisions that I made to it. Uh, so that's coming out, I believe, in May. And then the final thing is I have book two of my 
tie-in series that I'm working on for Assassin's Creed, for those who like video game novels. Um, so a lot in 2023. That's a lot of stuff coming up. And I think, mm-hmm. that, well, they all sound interesting in different ways. First of all, Armed in Our Fashion, I believe, was a finalist for the Crawford Award when it did come. Yeah. And I know the, the judges at that, that year were very enthusiastic about it. And and then nobody else seemed to be able to find a copy of it for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came out and it made, you know, a, a small press kind of smash, a, a splash, I should say. Like the, it was uh, shortlisted for the Crawford and it won the Aurora Award, and which was lovely. Um but then it did go out of print and, um, you know, so I've been kind of waiting for the right way to bring it back. And, uh, you know, it was interesting too to have a chance to do a little bit of light revision uh, on it because, you know, it's 10 years ago now that I started writing that and um, it's been four years since it was first published. So uh, I had to pull myself back from totally rewriting it, but I just, you know, sort of spruced it up a bit and changed some things that I, I wouldn't have written today. And the Norse novel, the Valkyrie novel, mm-hmm. uh, sounds fascinating because there's a huge space it seems to me right now between let's say Neil Gaiman simply retelling Norse myths mm-hmm. and Marvel just reinventing them from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The Marvel, the Marvel stuff is not what I would consider literary treatments of Norse mythology as much yeah. fun as they are. Yeah. Uh, but- yeah. And that's what most people are familiar with. And it's funny. I had to consider that, you know, when I was writing it, I have, um, um, my portrayal of Odin at the beginning, um, of the book, uh, my agent wrote me a note and said, you know, people are going to think this is Anthony Hopkins. So you have to walk them through it a little bit, right. <laughs> you know, and, and remind them that, you know, in North mythology, he was not that nice a guy and, and he's a little bit, um, you know, hard to pin down. And, and, uh, you know, so it was, I had to th- keep those things in mind, uh, when I was writing that people would be coming to it with certain ideas. Um, but you know, it's one of the things that appealed to me about it. because It's mostly the story of Brunhild and, and Sigurd or Siegfried, and uh and Gudrun or Kriemhild uh for those who know those stories and um one of the things that appealed to me about it is that they've been told so many ways and you know my first uh exposure to it all was Bugs Bunny doing Wagner you know (laughs) so I mean so there have been so many mashups that I felt pretty free to say okay well I can go in and and make my own mess uh, (laughs) in my own way. (laughs) Did you go back and look at the sources like the Eddas and the original uh yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. I read uh, the Eddas and um, the the Song of the Volsings and the Nibelungen Lied and the medieval manuscripts. And um, I was actually I had a copy of the um, I think it was the the copy of the Nibelungen Lied uh, that mm-hmm. was from Tolkien's library. That they did wow. a series that was Tolkien's library of his reference books, and that's actually one of the things that sort of twigged the idea for me. Interesting. So that's fascinating. We've reached our, our 10 minutes, so we promised we wouldn't keep you any longer than. Um, Excellent. Again, uh, Kate Hartfield, thank you very much for being here. Um, uh, we're, we're, Kate and I are on video, so you people listening can't see the cat. I have been <laughs> keeping my cat off camera all during this. <laughs> I want you to know. Yeah, she's been uh, she's been a regular visitor, and she was actually biting my hand there for a minute, <laughs> but I... I... <laughs> I managed to not lose my train of thought. Okay. Again, thank you. This has been uh, the Coot Street Podcast Advent Edition. And thank you for joining us. Thank you.